y'all. How you doing? How you feeling? How you living? Thanks for joining me today. It's your girl, Akua, your host for Dem Coins Podcast, where we help millennials of faith gain clarity on what they truly value, manage and increase their income, and crush their financial goals. And in today's episode, we have another amazing guest, Kimberly Janelle. She is an entrepreneur and a tax professional, and she is going to show us how to keep more of our coins. Enjoy! Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for rocking with me. I know you could be anywhere in the world, but you're right here with me, and I appreciate it. So in today's episode, we have Kimberly Janelle. Kimberly Janelle is the CEO and owner of Kimberly Janelle Inc., which is the parent company for KGI Institute for the Arts, which serves as the training ground where young people can champion their skills in acting, dance, modeling, vocal instruction, and more. It also houses the Entrepreneurs Business Club, which helps aspiring and budding creatives to establish themselves as a business to get their money straight. She is a print and commercial model, playwright, director, singer, and actor. She is currently signed with four agencies within the Midwest, with her most recent commercial work being with Indiana Grand Casino, Skechers, Hoosier Lottery, Indiana University, and Keller Keller Law Firm. So without further ado, let's get into this interview. All right, hello and welcome, DemCoins family. We got another special guest. We have Miss Kimberly Janelle, and she is going to help us with entrepreneurship. She's going to help us with our taxes, our artistry. She's going to help us with all of the things. I am so excited. Yay! <laughs> hey, Kimberly, how are you doing today? I am wonderful. So glad to be here with you and the DemCoins family on today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So you really are an entrepreneur in the true sense of the word and that you've got multiple hands going. So which one came first for you? Was it the artistry or was it, you know, the entrepreneurship taxes services? Which one kind of came first? Good question. I will say that the, the artistry actually came first. The real question is, which one did I accept first? And because I grew up, I grew up in church. I grew up in a church that where we were the jumping church in the city when I was growing up. All the kids wanted to come to my church because we always had something going on, right? That's when the creative bug was really awakened and cultivated when I was growing up. But I'm from a small city and I, there was no such thing as people using, really using their creative talents to make money. That's not what we knew. We knew that when you grow up, you either go to college or you work for General Motors. My, the city that I grew up in was a General Motors city. So everybody either went to the factory and worked or you went away to college. There was no making money as a creative. That wasn't what we saw. So, but I've been a creative since I've been a little girl singing and acting and the whole nine. So I didn't want to go to college, even though I had scholarships and the whole nine, I decided I didn't want to go to college. So I ended up in a factory, worked for General Motors for about seven years. And there came a time when we had a decision to make. We could either take a buyout or we could transfer to another city because they were closing a factory in my city. And uh, I decided to take the buyout, but I knew I had to have some kind of skills or, you know, what was the next thing. 
And it actually came right at the time where H&R Block was offering their tax courses. So you take the tax course with H&R Block. If you pass the class, then you get offered an opportunity to work during tax season. Oh, that is so interesting. Okay, so then the tax service, you know, kind of became a way for you to, you know, create income, leverage that so that you can still do your artistry. That's smart. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. I I wasn't even doing the artistry at that time. I still, I didn't consider myself a creative because that's not what I saw. I still, in my, in that little city, I didn't see people making money with their artistry. So for me, it was just, okay, it's just the next thing. Let's learn taxes. I've always been pretty good with numbers. I think I could do this. And I fell in love with it. Did the class, breathed it, passed the the exam and everything with no problem. And I worked for H&R Block for one tax season. And then the next tax season, I was a branch manager, like opening a franchise. So since 2007, I've been involved in taxes, whether it's opening a, a franchise, whether it's doing taxes for friends and family. And so I've been doing it since 2007, went on and got my associate's degree in 2011. It was like, okay, let's go ahead and make this legit. Let's get some education behind it. I didn't start working as a creative until 2014. And oh, wow. that really was kind of a joke. I had always joked around with my bonus mom about being on the cover of a magazine. Let's do the Vogue. Do you think I could make it? You know, just kind of the family (laughs) joke. (laughs) And so she found this workshop. She had baked cakes and had ran into this girl who had hired her maybe four or five times to make cakes. And she had just been kind of following her on social media. She was a model, lived in Indiana, was a model and was doing major things. Like she would be flown out to New York. She had clients in California and was doing it full time. And so she offered a workshop to teach people how to get into the modeling industry. And so one day, you know, just me being silly, I said something about being on a magazine or, you know, and my mom's like, hey, I found this workshop. There's this girl. So she pulls up Instagram. She's showing me this girl, showing me the workshop. And she's like, I think you ought to take this workshop. I was like, nah, I don't have enough money. She's like, I'll pay for half. And I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do about my daughter? She's like, I'll babysit. Like every excuse that I came up with go to this workshop my mom was like yep I'll pay for it I'll help pay for it yep I'm going to babysit yep I'll take you there if I need to you know just got rid of all the excuses so I took the workshop within a month of me taking the workshop I was signed to an agency here in the midwest and I got the ball rolling the ball rolling for me to start doing commercials and present day I am signed with four agencies I I am like the commercial queen (laughs) I'm the commercial queen like that's I've had commercials run during the Super Bowl. I've had commercials run during the Olympics a couple of years ago. Billboard. And so, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's crazy. so divine. Wow. Wow. That, yeah. Okay, so that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the track was, you did performing arts as a youth. Then you started working General Motors. Then General Motors were making a shift. You said you want to do the taxes. And then performing arts and commercials came back around with your bonus mom showing you, you know, this woman with this workshop and then the ball just kind of got rolling. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I love, I love stories like that. Just (laughs) very cool. Okay. So with acting um, and commercials and things like that, 
why did you choose to start uh, your own agency where you teach, you know, other artists how to, you know, treat their artistry like a business? Why not just say, you know what, I'm doing good. I got my commercials. I'm doing taxes. Like I'm Gucci. Like I don't need help nobody else. Question. Good question. So I have this, there's kind of this duality, right? I am definitely a creative. I love creating. I love being creative. I love teaching the arts and artistry. But then there's this other side of me who I absolutely love tax law in a crazy way. I like finding out strategies where you can like legally use them and avoid tax because avoiding tax is legal. Evading tax is illegal, but avoiding tax is 100% legal. And so I will find these strategies. Like I would look up on these strategies and I'm like, oh man, I could save money doing this. Okay, let me do that. And then just instinctively, I guess, or I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but while I was on set and working with people in different cities and even here in my city, some of my friends knew that I did taxes. And so I just, I became the person that everybody would start asking questions to just, well, man, how do I, so can I claim this? And I'm like, yeah, and you need to be keeping track of this and you need, and they're like, wait, what? And so I started to realize that the information that became common knowledge for me was not known by everybody. Like everybody didn't know that you can track your mileage to and from rehearsal and write that off. People didn't know that when I buy wardrobe, if I have to have, you know, button up shirts and, and black dress shoes for a gig that I could write that off. People didn't know that when, you know, it's very common for me to get an audition notice for a client and just for my hands, like they want to see the front and the, the palms of my hands because I'm just passing information or, you know, holding a product and they want to see what my hands look like. Well, I absolutely, absolutely can go get a manicure and I can write that off. Like it's a requirement for my job, for my hands and my nails to be in great condition. And I didn't realize that people did not know that, like they did not understand what they can write off and then how to keep track of it so that they don't find themselves in the audit situation. And so I thought, okay, I got to somehow formalize this so I can make this information readily available to more people who are in this, it's called the truly small business segment, the segment of the world where people are operating as a business. Sometimes they don't even know that they're considered a business. But operating in a business, maybe they don't have employees and they don't have a whole lot of transactions every year, but the IRS still considers them a small business. And so that's where the idea of creating this entrepreneur business club came from so that I could provide this information on a platform and in a way that people can get it as they need it and ask questions and feel confident that they, that they know what they're doing with their business. Oh, that was nuggets on nuggets. That is so good. Like all these common things that we don't think about for work, like getting your nails done, but it is for work. So you can write that off. That is so good. That is so good. So that you have, you know, you kind of naturally flowing into these things. You have people asking, and so you're providing these services. So do you find that sometimes it's difficult to balance, you know, all the commercial gigs and then also, you know, helping other people with their taxes or do you find that you can kind of find like a nice balance? Oh man, such a good question. So doing the commercials, 
Okay. Short answer is yes. <laughs> the short answer is yes. Because while I, the commercials, you know, feed into my schedule, you know, they just are what they are, right? But where I find the struggle with the balance is just being honest. I am such a helper. I want to help people. And so I have to be mindful of, hey, I just got a quick question. And then before I know it, I'm on the phone with somebody for an hour and I've laid out like from beginning to end, how you start your business, how you get it set up, how you, you know, all of these moving parts. And I've just spent an hour of my life freely giving this information. And while there is a part of me that wants to help everybody and wants to be available and accessible and help from start to finish, I also have to realize that there are in other places in the world, people are charging for their time to be able to assist people. And so the, the challenge for me is creating a system where I can help people, where I can give the information, break it down into bite-sized pieces, make sure that it's something that you understand, but yet value my time, that I honor myself uh, for my time in a way that allows me to continue to do this. So if I help everybody for free, if I'm always hey, I got a quick question. And before you know it, it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes. If I'm always doing that, then it makes it challenging to work in this entrepreneur space, right? Because at the end of the day, you got bills, I got bills. We need to take (laughs) We need to take care of things. So yeah, yeah, definitely a challenge. That is so good. And yes, we will be linking Kimberly's Patreon in the show notes. It'll be on the website. So make sure you join our Patreon. All the yes. goodies. Yes. All the advice, all the expertise. Yes. So that, yeah, that is so good. Yes. Valuing your time and time is literally money. So you have a valuable service that people clearly need. Hey, don't be afraid to charge them coins. Okay. You know, so that is really important. So with, I call her sister Rona everything going on have you found that business has been more challenging or like oh this is actually helping or what's been your experience both working you know with commercials and then also tax services and everything you got going on yeah sister rona <laughs> she caused some major chaos for me and i'll say why i had not quite yet decided to create entrepreneurs business club when rona kicked off The idea of the business club came in the midst of the coronavirus and me realizing like, so when the coronavirus kicked out, there was this whole pandemic unemployment. And there were a lot of my artist friends that were trying to figure out like, do I qualify? Do you know anything about it? So my phone was ringing off the hook like, hey, do you know about this pandemic unemployment for artists? Can we qualify? Do we? And then after the unemployment, there was a PPP loan. And everybody was like, you know, for self-employed, for independent contractors. So my phone was ringing off the hook again. Hey, they said we can qualify for this PPP. Do you know anything about it? How do we apply? Is it forgivable? You know, yada, yada, yada. And that's kind of when the whole idea of Entrepreneur Business Club became a reality because I thought, okay, these are the people that are reaching out to me, but I know there's a whole handful of people who are out here who don't know and they don't know who to reach out to, right? So I kind of started um, putting information out on, on Instagram. I kind of live on Instagram. 
about the Entrepreneurs Club and breaking down some of these things that seem like common knowledge to me. Then my inbox, my DMs started kind of blowing up like, hey, so I'm a business? Like, I'm just an actor, but I'm, so you're saying I'm a business? I'm like, yes, ma'am. She's like, okay, I need you to teach me from start to finish. And I said, well, what do you know? She's like, I don't know nothing. So I start asking her questions like, well, do you have a separate bank account? Do you, she's like, mm-mm, no, mm-mm. And that's when I realized, okay, I need to help some people in a way that is accessible for everyone. And now was like the perfect time to do it because with us all being stuck at home, we are all tied to our phones. We're all scrolling on social media. We're all, you know, virtual is the thing now. And so that's what really birthed the Entrepreneurs Business Club was Sister Rona, you know, coming onto the scene. On the other side of it, though, it definitely put a halt in my creative business because there were no commercials. Nobody, my agencies, they all were like, hey, so yeah, we're um, we're shut down for a while. Don't really know how we're going to move forward. And it took a while really for them to come up with how they were going to be able to move forward. As we've seen, even in the, in the news and the industry, movie production was, was shut down. Broadway is still shut down. And everybody was just trying to figure out, you know, what's a safe way for us to still get this work done. And so thankfully they have come up with a plan and we, we've been able to get back going with commercials and stuff. And that's been really good. But yeah, Rona has caused some, some challenges that have that's created great problems for people along with, you know, the negative side. And so couple that with personal challenges and things that have happened due to Rona. You know, you got people with unemployment and on the verge of homelessness and and worrying about those things. So yeah, definitely cause a pivot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's good though, because I mean, it's as hard as it's been for a lot of people, everything from losing loved ones to, you know, your business, especially a lot of my artist friends, you know, are trying to figure out, you know, how to pivot. You now have created, you know, this entrepreneurial club that will literally walk you from start to finish. If you have no financial, nothing, you don't know, you don't know how to file for an LLC. You don't know anything like you will walk, you will walk. us through. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned, you said you believe that, you know, that we are all businesses. Now, is this, more so just for artists or is this kind of like an everybody statement like everybody should operate like a business yeah that's a good question I believe so in the world we have we have to have businesses we have to have employers and we also have to have employees everybody aspires to be a business can everybody be a business absolutely because I think we all have gifts and talents and skills that we lend to the world on a daily basis that can make us be a business as far as the IRS is concerned. Anybody who is getting paid to serve meals. And here's the thing. I have seen some of the best and most amazing pivots happen since Rona showed up, right? Um, And some people have been navigating in business on accident, like just trying to figure out what they can do to pass the time. Some people started doing things because they needed to have some other source of income coming in because they couldn't go to work or they were waiting for unemployment or whatever, right? And so if you're selling dinners out of your kitchen uh, and people are paying you, you are a business, sister. If you are 
driving people back and forth to appointments or helping people. If you are using your gifts, your talents, your skills, and people are paying you, whether they are paying you in cash or y'all are bartering services, you are a business, sweetie. And so because that makes you a business as far as the IRS is concerned, then my stance on that is why not take advantage of all the opportunities and all the deductions and all the strategies that the IRS then gives to you because they see you as the business. If you get paid by 1099, they consider you a business. If you file a Schedule C, they consider you a business. Now, are you a sole proprietor? Are you an LLC? Are you an independent contractor? That all has to be decided and determined. But yeah, there, there are a lot of us who show proof of income to the IRS on our tax return that then the IRS says, oh, this is a business. Let's see what else they qualify for. And because we don't know that the IRS sees us as a business, then we don't take advantage of all these other benefits that are available to us. And so that's where I kind of want to demystify and help people understand you are a business. Let me, let's go down the checklist and you'll be surprised to understand that the IRS considers you, ma'am, a business. Yes, ma'am. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Oh, I love that. That is so, 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 so good. I just, yeah, I think it's just about like what you said. It's about expanding your mind, like really like get outside the box. Like you are providing services, you know, that can be things that can be deducted. Absolutely. So then for someone who literally says to themselves, you know what, Kimberly, I hear what you're saying, but I do strictly nine to five. I go to work, I come home. I go to work, I come home. I don't have no side, nothing. Mm-hmm. Are there any tax advantages for people who are strictly W-2, strictly nine to five? Good question. Good question. I would love to say yes, but so there are two tax systems. And I know most times when people hear that, they say, oh yeah, it's a tax system for the rich and it's a tax system for the poor. And that's actually not the truth. The two tax systems are there's one for business owners and employers, and then there's a tax system for employees. And the truth is that the IRS is set up for businesses and business owners. That is it. It is set up to benefit businesses and business owners. If you are an employee, then you got a straight tax rate, and that just is what it is. But if you are a business, if you are a business owner, if you are self-employed, and let me clarify this too, the IRS doesn't care if you are in business for yourself, full-time, part-time, some of the time, half the time, it doesn't matter. If you operate in your business four hours a week on a weekly basis in some capacity, that solidifies you as a business. Four hours a week. And those four hours, It could be you're on a webinar, you're doing personal development. It could be you are in classes and you're learning how to expand your skills. It could be you're shadowing and mentoring someone that's in the industry and you're trying to learn systems and best practices and that sort of thing. So you being active in your business for four hours a week, and that's four hours a week, like we spend four hours a week scrolling on social media. Yes. Yeah. Scrolling down timelines and zipping in and out of TikTok. Like we spend four hours a week doing that. So 
it doesn't matter how much, how often, how frequently you are active in the business. It doesn't matter if you do the business for two months and then you take off for four months and then you pop back up for two months. The IRS considers you a business. They consider you a business. So the tax system, employers, business owners, and then there's a system for employees. And unfortunately, if, if you are just an employee, you nine to five in it, you hitting and quitting it, there's not a lot of tax advantages and benefits for uh, just straight employees. But I will, but let me also say this too. As I said earlier, we need businesses, we need business owners. We also need employees. So don't feel like what you are giving and where you are, the station in your life, that it is useless and pointless and not as beneficial. I hate seeing the trend that was on social media. You need a business. You take your stimulus and start a business. What you mean you can't? Everybody ought to have a business. Well, everybody everybody doesn't see themselves as business owners, and that's okay. It should not be shamed and criticized and ridiculed. I absolutely hate seeing that. But if you have an idea of something, anything can be a business. Anything can be a business. Anything. Oh, I love that because I don't like no nine to five shame and I hate that. <laughs> everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. Everybody, not everybody's designed that way. And there's certainly other ways too to be tax savvy, like the retirement accounts. Like there's other ways as well, as opposed yes. to you know, everybody, you know, if, if you don't yes. start your business in a, you know, in a week, then you're nobody. Like I can't stand that. So I'm glad we, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely agree Absolutely. on that. So then if I'm a business, well, I am a business owner, but what would you recommend for making your tax preparer's life easy? Like how do, what software do you recommend for like tracking your expenses? Good question. This is my favorite part. To be completely honest, once you put the system in place, it really is not hard. A lot of people shy away from the record keeping and the record keeping process because it seems to be overwhelming, right? I have encountered vast contrast. I have some people who absolutely love keeping Excel spreadsheets and they document everything and they keep every receipt and they, you know, they're on it. Then I have other people who keep nothing. <laughs> they keep nothing. They don't know how to keep anything or the idea of record keeping seems so daunting and overwhelming. I will tell you that I recommend QuickBooks Self-Employed. That is my top rec recommendation. There is another app that I'm actually looking into right now. Um, it's called TaxBot. But these apps, download on your phone. You connect them to your bank account, which should be a separate bank account from your personal bank account. You cannot co-mingle your funds. You've got to have a separate bank account. Whether you are an LLC or a sole proprietor, you're just kind of doing this on the side, you still need a separate bank account, okay? Download this app onto your phone, connect it to this bank account, and it keeps track of every transaction that happens in that bank account, okay? So if I go to Staples and I get some copies printed, some scripts printed, and I buy a yard sign and, and whatever, when I go to Staples, there's the option to have the receipt emailed to me. So instead of getting paper receipts, Whenever I have the opportunity to have a receipt emailed to me, I email it to myself. And within QuickBooks, there's an email address that I can email my receipt to. So QuickBooks stores it in the cloud for me and it connects it to that expense. So now I can go in the app. I can click whether it's a personal expense or a business expense. Just 
like a matter of two seconds, if there is the option, if I don't have the option to have the receipt emailed to me, I literally have made this a practice that when I get out of the line, like a week or so ago, I had to buy a table, a work table at Meyer. And as soon as I got done making the purchase, I stepped out of line and I walked right over to the next register. I took a, immediately took a picture of the receipt, saved it in the app. I could throw the receipt away because my people who do Excel spreadsheets and keep copies of receipts, if you've ever kept a copy of receipt for anything past the week, you know that the ink starts to wear off and you forget what it was that you bought and that sort of thing. So you can capture all of that in the app. The app also has GPS. You can activate the GPS. Yeah. So anytime you are moving, that app is activated and it's keeping track of where you are. So anytime I go have breakfast with my employees, which happen to be my children, <laughs> I go have breakfast with my children every every Sunday morning and we talk about business and what we're going to do and you know things that we're going to do. Just instinctively, that's the word I was thinking of earlier, instinctively. Instinctively, I don't think, oh, let me write this down, that I'm driving the Crackle Barrel and I'm driving back. But that app is awake. The moment that I get in my car and go to Cracker Barrel, that app is awake. The moment that I leave Cracker Barrel and come home, that app is awake. Hmm. So I've made it a practice now to open up my app at the end of the night and it'll say, hey, you took four trips today. Can you tell us whether these are personal or business? And if they're personal, if I just ran to the store because I needed something, I swipe it to the right and just say it was a personal trip. But if it was the breakfast that I went to go have with my employees, I swipe it to the right and I say, oh, yeah, that was business. And it'll just give me a note and say, who was with you? And so I say breakfast with my staff and it's captured. Right. Also in the app, there is an opportunity to create an invoice. Now, here's the, one of the things that I try and get people to be mindful of. We should not and cannot take cash in our business. If you are anything like me, if somebody pays me 50 bucks to do something and they put $50 in my hand, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to stop and get dinner on the way home. <laughs> I'm going to stop and go to the grocery store with that cash in my pocket, or I'm going to stop at the gas station, put some gas in my car. And chances are, I will not document that income of 50 bucks that was just put in my hand because I'm just transferring it to something else. It was never actually recorded. So in this app, in the QuickBooks app, I can quickly create an invoice. It is literally like three steps. I put the name of the person, the email address that I can send the invoice to, how much the invoice should be for, and I click a button and it will email it to that person. That person can then open that email. They can choose to pay it with a debit card. They can pay it by EFT, they can make the choice of how they pay it, but then I have a record of it. It's a paper trail. So I don't use Cash App anymore. I don't let people put cash in my hand. I'm like, hey, let me just send you this invoice so you can pay me that way. Now, if by chance the person is like, I don't have a debit card or I can't pay you by invoice or whatever, I still create the invoice. And then if they give me cash, then I mark the invoice as pay, but at least I have a record of the money being received because I've created that invoice, right? Now, at the end of the year, when it's time to take care of your taxes, that app has the ability to quickly create a report for you for the dollar amount that you received as income. For the breakdown in your expenses, it's already breaking it down. Car expenses, mileage, food expenses, supplies, because you have created those categories in the app throughout the year. 
And then at the end of the year, you simply going in and requesting a report to send to your tax preparer to have your taxes prepared. No more guessing, like how many miles did you, the app is taking track of it. How many miles were personal? How many miles were commuting? The app keeps track of it because when I swipe it and say it's a personal trip, it keeps those miles, but it categorizes it as personal mileage. When I swipe to the right and I say, oh, I went to rehearsal that day. We had rehearsal for this production. It keeps track of it. So at the end of the year, everything is already categorized. It's all totaled up. And QuickBooks has all of my receipts and all of my substantiation in the cloud. So if I ever need to access it, I can say, hey, 2019, let's export this information and print it out. Everything is there. And it is so much more accurate than your Excel spreadsheet, like hands down. Wow, 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 wow. I honestly did because I mean, QuickBooks is pretty standard for most businesses, but I didn't know it did all of that down to creating your own invoices. And that's nice because at the end of the year, well, in April, you don't want to be like scrambling trying to find, you know, oh, where did I put, you know, this receipt? Absolutely. That is good. Yeah. So a few things I recommend to people anytime you can get a receipt emailed to yourself, choose that option. Okay. Because And then when you get the receipt, create a folder. Just create a folder in your email account for receipts. Literally forward that into that folder. Anytime we use like Amazon or, you know, to buy things. I have some musician friends who use Amazon to buy headphones and equipment and that sort of thing, right? Anytime you use anything as far as Amazon is concerned, have the receipt or the email, because it usually sends you an email. Hey, thanks for your order. You should be able to forward that into that folder. Like anything that you can get in writing, keep it in a folder that's set um, specifically for your receipt. Yeah, that'll help you out in the long run. Yeah, that's that's a whole gem for real. For real. I had yeah. no idea QuickBooks. So yes, use apps, use technology, automate this stuff so that it is easier for you. That is good. Yeah. So, then, so then as you know, year comes around, you know, April, people start hitting you up. Okay. You know, help me do my taxes. What do you think are like the most common like tax write-offs that people aren't thinking about or that people forget, whether it's like artists or other people with other businesses, uh, what are the trends that (laughs) tell us, tell us Kimberly. (laughs) Mileage, mileage. Okay. So let me share this with you. When you file using a schedule C, um, most the software it'll ask you when you add business income and expenses and that sort of thing there's a section that it usually asks you do you have car expenses and it'll list like mileage blah blah and if you say yes then it'll give you an option to either use the standard deduction for mileage or actual expenses now here's what i know to be sure there are a lot of people who try to do their own taxes In a lot of the software, it'll say to you in parentheses what's recommended, right? So it'll say, do you want to use um, the standard for mileage? And in parentheses, it'll say recommended. Or do you want to use your actual mileage, right? And most people do not know that what is common knowledge is that you have to use one or the other. You either have to keep your mileage and you get like 54 cents a mile, or you track your expenses, but you can't do both, right? 
that's actually not true. That's actually not. <laughs> <laughs> I know you saw my face. I was like, what? I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Let's, yes. Tell us. Okay. So. Let me tell you what is true. When you use actual expenses, this option gives you the ability to total all the expenses that you have with your vehicle. That means oil changes, gas, car washes. If you have to do any repairs, you know, when you do your, Lord, the word just left. You know, when you go get your license every year and there is oh, yeah. excise tax and all of those oh, things. Oh, okay. Yeah, those, those taxes when yeah. it comes to get your registration and stuff. You can take all of those expenses, right? And then you take your mileage. You take your mileage and you figure out what percentage of your miles is business miles. So for example, let's just use this as an easy formula. If you use 20,000 miles, if you put 20,000 miles on your car and 50% of those miles are business miles, then you can take 50% of all of the expenses for your car, including your mileage. So you can use the business usage of your expenses plus your mileage. Oh man, Kimberly, I wish I would met you a couple of years ago when I was doing Lyft because I did not know that. What? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when you don't wow. use that standard, I think it's called a standard standard. Yeah, like the like the standard that they mm-hmm, that they offer. Yeah. Actual expenses. Before it's been known that you can only do one or the other. And most people tell you, yeah, just do the mileage and you get like 56 cents per mile. I think it's like 56 and a half cents this year. Or actual expenses is actually the better option for you. Because think about it. Somebody like me who I travel for commercial shoots, if I, in one month, I can put 3,000 miles on my car, depending on where I'm booked, where the shoot is. Yeah, that's just doing commercials. If I'm acting in a production, if I'm, or if I'm directing a production, and we have rehearsal every week for two hours, and I got I to drive for rehearsal, I got to drive back. If I got to go get costuming, if I have to go meet with this person, you know, for a production meeting, if I have to do all this driving and I use my car for 90% of the miles that are accumulated on my car for that year, then I've basically only used this car for business. So then 90% of all of those expenses related to my car become a write-off as well. Whereas the average nine to fiver, the average W-2 employer or employee can't write off car washes. They can't write off oil changes. They can't write off, you know, I had to pay $600 to get some stuff fixed on my car. Now, all of that is a write-off because 90% of the miles that I put on my car are business miles. So I use this car 90% of the time for business. So 90% of any expense that I have to pay out for my car, then become a write-off as well. Wow. (laughs) I had no idea about that. Well, that's why you are the tax queen. I mean, (laughs) what? I feel like I've been bamboozled. (laughs) (laughs) Run amok, let astray. Like what? Yes. I didn't know know that. that. Yeah. That is so good. Yeah, and to be honest, I didn't learn this when I took the H&R Block tax class either. They did not explain that people can either take mileage 
or the, the business usage of their actual expenses. They didn't break that part down to me. I did not learn that until I became a student of the tax law and started watching these webinars with these industry professionals and reading and really understanding what the tax law means. means. Yeah, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. I had a conversation with a lady who's a wellness coach. She said, well, you know, for some of my classes, I, I provide snacks and healthy things. I said, do you track when you go to the store to buy those things and come back? She's like, well, no, because I usually buy my food for my family. Like I just make it one big trip. And I said, so it doesn't matter what you buy when you're there. If you're buying food for your business, for the wellness classes, you need to count that mileage. It just so happens that you get your personal groceries at the same time. So Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That is good. Okay. So then uh, in the realm of deductions, right? So I've heard that some people, sometimes when they try to get a loan for something that they have mm-hmm. issues with too many write-offs. So is there like a limit on how many write-offs you should have? Because I know that oh, some banks question. don't like to see that. Yep. <laughs> good question. So here's the thing. There, there are some people who will tell you that you always want to claim a loss in your business. You know. And I understand why people say that, because you the more write-offs you have than the, and the loss that you have in your business, you can lower your taxable income. And if that is your reality, if you indeed had a loss in your business, then that's fine. I don't think people should be aiming to have a loss in their business. So for that point, then I would say there's no deduction. There's no limit on how many deductions are too many deductions. If you can substantiate everything, if you can prove that it is a deduction that you are that is allowable to you, there's no such thing as too many because there are actually over 470 deductions that are available to businesses. 470, over 470. So if you have the documentation to prove that that deduction is allowable to you and your business, you could claim 200 of those 470 deductions. It's about what can you substantiate? What can you prove? Yep, as long as you got the proof and you're tracking, (laughs) it's all good. So we're kind of going to get into like wrapping it up in sort of the wrap up questions. So what is your favorite current piece of advice or your current mantra that you're living by right now? Mm, that's so good. There's kind of two. There's kind of two. So I'm sure it's with everybody, vision boards and word for the year, phrase for the year, whatever. This year, there were two things that really stuck out to me. One is kind of my word for the year, and it's freedom, freedom from the limitations, freedom from the the stigmas that exist in my mind. So working on my mindset is a big, big thing for me this year so that I can walk in freedom. And then the other kind of phrase for myself is just to dream fearlessly. Fear does not have to rule and reign my life. So dream fearlessly. What is the thing? Or what are the things that make my heart light up, that make my, that make my smile permanent? Well, what are those things? And so if I can strive for freedom, freedom in my mind, freedom from the stigmas and dream fearlessly, I think that will be the recipe for my happiness and success this year. And it's not a dollar amount. It's not number of people served. It's not a clout. None of that. It is, did I walk in freedom this year? 
Did you feel free to be who you genuinely and authentically are? Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, freedom. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Wow. So then what is your favorite food or drink? This next one. Oh, wow. Favorite food. I'm a seafood lover. I love seafood. Yeah, that would be my favorite food. Awesome. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, lo- I love seafood too. I <laughs> got some salmon in the fridge. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. And then Kimberly, what do you want to be remembered for? No, I want to be remembered as somebody who, you know, and these, it's not a big thing. Like I want to be remembered as somebody who empowered, inspired, encouraged. I want to be remembered as someone who Okay, I'll share this short story and it'll make sense to this next sentence. There is a story in the Bible, um, since we are believers, right? There's a story Amen. in the Bible. <laughs> There's a story in the Bible about the 12 tribes of Israel and how they, each of the leaders of those tribes had to take a stone and take them to the Jordan River. And they each had to place the stone in the river as they were crossing over. Now, I don't know about the details of the story, where they were going or, or what, but this story just stuck out in my spirit. And it was said to them, you leave these stones here so that when you bring the next generation back, you can tell them what these stones meant. And so I know in my own personal life, there were people who were stones in my river. They helped me get from one place in my life to the next. And maybe Maybe it wasn't major things. I remember when I was a little girl, there was a woman who lived in the alley who taught me how to cook because my mom was kind of cracked out at the time. And if it hadn't been for her, I wouldn't have learned some of my skills. There were other women who taught me how to walk into womanhood, you know, when that time came and how to take care of myself and that sort of thing. So there were people at pivotal parts of my life that were just stones in my river to help me get from one place to the next. And I just want to be a stone. I want to be a stone in somebody's life that they say, man, I remember meeting Miss Kim. I remember that day meeting her or that thing that she said, or that one piece of information that she shared helped me get to the next place in my life. And it doesn't have to be, I don't have to make it to Hollywood. I don't have to make a million dollars. They don't even have to say my name, you know, just knowing that I was a stone in somebody's life. That's how I want to be remembered. Oh, wow. I wasn't prepared for all that. Like, I'm, that is beautiful. Like, I've heard a lot of answers for that, but that's, that's tough. Wow. Okay. Yes. Wow. So, Kimberly, man, where can the people reach you? Because I know they're going to want to know where to find you. I love it. You can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is the Kimberly, at the Kimberly Janelle. Again, I have a Patreon community, www.patreon.com forward slash the Kimberly Janelle. Yeah, that's where I live and breathe. I do have a page on Facebook. Don't you really utilize that much. So Instagram and Patreon, that's where you can find me. Yes, yes, I am the same. You said you live on Instagram. I live on Instagram too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Oh my gosh, Kimberly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so, 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 so informative. It's been my pleasure. 
Oh, y'all. Mm. Uh, you may have noticed on some of these guest episodes, I'm a little more giddy. Pardon me, because I am just, I love personal finance and I get so excited talking to other people about it. So there were many, many takeaways from Kimberly, but here are my top two. Number one, find a way to automate and track your expenses. QuickBooks was what we mentioned. We are not sponsored by QuickBooks in any way, at least not yet. We claim in it, but QuickBooks, you know, whatever mobile app works for you, make it easy for yourself. And if you have a professional tax preparer, make it easy for yourself. And the second gem actually had really nothing to do with finances. It was Kimberly's answer about what she wanted to be remembered for. You know, I hope that, you know, this podcast, you know, leaves a great legacy and kind of outlives me. And I pray that this podcast would be kind of my stone that I leave for the next generation. And so I wonder, you know, as, you know, listeners, you know, DC family, like, what stones do you want to leave behind for the next generation as well? I hope you gained so much insight. Uh, thank you for listening. Taxes don't have to be crazy complicated. Like Kimberly said, there are over 470 tax deductions out there. I'm sure you qualify for many, many more than you think. And also other bonus tip is if you have a service that you're currently providing and other people keep asking you for it, don't feel guilty about monetizing it because you're bringing value into the marketplace. And that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Thank you for joining me. I hope you got some new insights or maybe you just got some confirmation on a couple of things. Let your girl know. Feel free to reach out to me via email. Hello at demcoinsonline.com. Also, feel free to check us out on Instagram, dem.coins. If you have any good topics, cool new strategies, let me know. And while you're at it, feel free to write an awesome five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about me, okay? <laughs> I am so excited for all of us on this journey. And until next time, stay encouraged. <laughs>